Last week, we read about Jesus being rejected in his hometown of Nazareth. This was shortly after his baptism and his temptation in the wilderness. After being driven out of Nazareth, Jesus went to Capernaum, where he healed a man with an unclean spirit and where he healed Simon's mother-in-law. So Jesus comes to the lakeshore not as a stranger, but as a friend who has already shown some of his power. This passage tells us how Jesus called his first disciples, Peter, James, and John. These three would accompany Jesus in his inner circle and were on the mountain of transfiguration where they got to see Jesus in all of his dazzling glory. Let us now hear how they were first called to their ministry. Let us listen to the word. Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11, found in page 893 in the Pew Bible. While the people pressed upon him, to hear the word of God. He was standing by the lake of generous arrest, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen hadn't gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night, but took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But with, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so all were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. And when they have brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. May we learn from this word. You probably heard that yesterday saw millions of people marching around the world. I'm happy to talk to you at another time about why I was one of them, but today's sermon is not about politics or even the more appropriate theme of God's truth and divine justice. Now today's sermon is about organizing. At these big rallies, there's a chant. 
Ain't no power like the power of the people because the power of the people don't stop. Uh. <laughs> now, this is more than a slogan for marches. This is actually a biblical principle. Jesus isn't a monarch or a general. He's a prophet and a grassroots organizer. Jesus is all about the power of the people. Jesus knows that if you want to build a movement, a movement that will truly transform the world, it can't be about all about the charismatic leader. You have to invest in everyday people, engage them, equip them, and watch them go out and change the world. Today's passage is the story of Jesus doing just that, calling his first disciples. It's about him calling and transforming these men and laying the groundwork for a religious movement that we inherit today. Most people would look at Peter, James, and John and see simple fishermen, not even great fishermen, just normal fishermen. After all, they had been working all night and hadn't come up with a catch. But Jesus doesn't see fishermen. He sees fishers of men. He sees apostles. He sees the disciples who can carry on his ministry long after his ascension. This is something the men don't see necessarily in themselves. Simon Peter, who would later go on to sainthood as the first leader of the church after Jesus, falls at Jesus' knees and says, Go away from me. Lord, for I am a sinful man. In other words, I'm not worthy of your presence. But Jesus knew better. He knew that this man was the rock on which he would build the church. So Jesus didn't go away from him. Rather, discipled him and brought him in to his inner circle. Throughout his ministry, Jesus uses this divine ability to call regular people to go and do God's work in the world. And he gives them the guidance that they need to succeed. In Luke chapter 10, a bit later, he will commission 72 of his followers to go out in pairs and go before him. He gives them authority and power and he trusts them to go and get the job done. In fact, the biggest miracle that Jesus ever performed is the one that we forget about and take for granted because it's simply an undisputed part of history and involves nothing supernatural. I call it the miracle of the fishermen. We see the miracle of the great catch in today's passage, but the miracle of the fishermen is even more profound. The miracle of the fishermen is how Jesus took illiterate, uneducated fishermen from Galilee, and use them to launch the largest religious movement in the world. Remember, Jesus didn't hold an office. He didn't write a book. He didn't command an army. He didn't even travel around the world. He stayed in Judea his entire life. But he used people power. Jesus proclaimed the good news and called disciples, and he let them be the change. It was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John who wrote the book. It was Peter, Paul, Silas, and Barnabas 
who traveled the world planting churches. It was women like Mary, Martha, Lydia, Phoebe, and Junia that kept carrying the cross and made space for the early church to thrive. Our modern church should take notice. As Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, we need to recapture the gospel glow of the early church. To capture that glow of Christians who were part of a non-conformist and people-powered movement. Too often we expect our churches to be run like businesses, focused on efficiency. But we aren't a business. We are a movement. So we need to be people-centered in a way that no, no corporation ever could be. And we need to constantly find ways to engage and grow people's talents for the ministry. Now this isn't easy. Usually it's easier to do something yourself than to teach someone new to do it. It's also hard to let go and trust someone else to take care of something that's important. And also as Jesus famously said, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. It's not always easy to find a helping hand. And of course, on top of all of this, sometimes people will fail you. The disciples failed Jesus constantly, but he never lost hope. So all of us, when we are part of this people-powered movement, we are going to have to get outside of our comfort zones. In today's passage, Jesus asks Simon Peter, go out into the deep. After a day of trying and failing, Jesus tells Peter to go out again, and this time go way out. Go out into the deep. That's the kind of faith it takes to be a disciple in this Jesus movement, to persevere after failure, and to listen to that divine voice that is calling you to go out and try one more time. And this time, go even further out, out into the deep waters. So my challenge to those of you who are already in church leadership is how are you including and calling new members and new people into this people-powered movement that is Plymouth Church. And to those of you who may be new or may feel like you can do more or something different for this church, I want to encourage you to get out into the deep waters. Try something new. Push your comfort zone. I can remember when my father, a lawyer who was always been a trustee for the church, was asked to play guitar in worship. He wore his fingers to the bone practicing a very simple song about four chords. One that an experienced guitarist might spend 20 minutes working on. After playing that time in worship and practicing so hard, he played a few more times. And eventually he joined an old man blues band it was pretty inspiring to see him discover a new gift late in life. And it was the church that helped open that door for him, helped unlock that gift. 
And see, that's the, the really beautiful thing about people-powered churches and this Jesus movement. When it's done right, there's never a shortage of spiritual gifts. Herod can arrest John the Baptist and put his head on a platter. doesn't matter. His cousin Jesus will pick up the mantle of leadership and show the world he is the Messiah, the one we've waited for. Then Pilate can crucify Jesus and lay him in a borrowed tomb. And Jesus will rise from the dead and go to Peter and tell him, go out and feed my sheep. And Peter will become the new leader of the church. And then you can kill Peter and imprison Paul, but the movement will keep going. You can drive all the Christians underground into the catacombs and put them on crosses, and that still won't kill this movement. Because when a movement is grassroots, when it is people-powered, it is indestructible. So may we today recapture that gospel glow of the early church. May we be grassroots. May we be democratic and people-powered. And may we always, always see in other people the potential that lies within. Thanks be to God, and amen.